This is Small Business as Usual, a program about the art of operating small enterprises and the issues faced by the owners. It's a presentation of the Community Economic Development Fund in Meriden, Connecticut. I'm Frederick Welk, a business advisor for CEDF clients. The Community Economic Development Fund is a nonprofit lender providing financing to qualified small businesses in Connecticut that can't obtain traditional bank financing. More about CEDF at the end of the program. This episode is about improving your cash flow. Cash flow problems have to be the number one issue small business owners face. I can testify that CEDF business advisors address this issue with clients every week of the year. So does the secret to increasing business cash flow require ruthless chopping of expenses or arcane accounting tricks or sophisticated tax planning? Actually, the solutions are surprisingly straightforward, and they lie in good information and honest, candid, and effective communication. I went looking for an expert on this subject, and I found him in one of my former clients. Besides owning several small businesses, he's a forensic accountant by profession, and his work as a restructuring consultant has taken him to some rather substantial companies where, at times, he's initiated some very uncomfortable conversations. But I'll let him tell you the whole story. Hey, my name is Michael Mangiello. I own a financial consulting company, Eleven Arrows Consulting. We help business owners with financial analysis and strategic financial planning for small and medium-sized businesses. Uh, we're located in Guilford, Connecticut. The number one enemy to cash flow is a lack of understanding and that is strictly due to individuals not preparing a cash flow daily, weekly, or biweekly. I mean, very few people, let's just think about cash flow as, you know, how much money do you have in the bank and how much money is going in and coming out? And have you ever overdrawn your checking account? Right? Most people have. And why did they do it? It's not because they said, ooh, I want that $20 bank fee. No, they just didn't recognize that a check hadn't cleared or that a deposit they made had bounced because one of their customers had given them a check for, let's say, $10,000, and then the bank withdrew it. And you just thought, I thought I had that 10000 So you wrote two checks for 4000 each, and all of a sudden, you don't have the ten, and both your vendors don't have the 4000 because your bank didn't honor the presenting of those checks. So... You know, the other factors, uh, aside from lack of information that negatively impact your cash flow, are overspending, poor accounts receivable controls. If your customers know that they can pay you whenever they want, they probably will. You know, I think the most effective way to improve cash flow is to, obviously, if you think about it, you just, you want to raise your income or lower your expenses. So depending on the business, do you push off a project or do you try to go out and get competitive bids on the components or the services that you need to build whatever you build or sell whatever you sell? And that's on the expense side. And most people look at that. People try to cut expenses, you know, quite frequently. But in my experience, you oftentimes can't cut your way to profitability. You know, the best way to improve your cash flow is to increase your revenue. And it's easy to say it's difficult for people to do. 
especially when you've been serving certain customers for a particular period of time or the perceived amount of competition you have out there is such that you're afraid of losing a customer. But it's crucial for business owners to reach across the proverbial aisle and talk to their customers and explain their situation. If you have a customer, that customer is yours because you've provided them a good quality service or good, and they understand if you need to raise your price. You might not think they do, but in more times than not, they will understand that in order for you to provide them what they need, you need to get what you need. I don't want to be so general in my explanation of the the best way or effective way to improve cash flow, but it's really through communication. Communicating with your customers, communicating with your vendors that, you know, you're not trying to hit a home run. You're just trying to have a solid business. Now, that is kind of a philosophical answer to the question. What is an easy way to improve your cash flow? Well, look at your customer base and which customers are taking too long to pay you. So if I don't like to throw numbers around because it's sometimes difficult to follow, but if you have 10 customers and you expect them to pay in 30 days and and four of them pay you in 30 days and four of them pay you in 45 days and two of them pay you in 70 days. Well, it's called, I think the term is DSO, days of sales outstanding. Your average there, if you took 40% at 30 and 40% at 45 and 20% at 70, is going to be somewhere in the 43 days or maybe even over 45 days. You reach out to those customers and say, I've noticed, and you need to know your facts. I noticed over the last six months, we've provided you X services, invoiced you monthly, and on average, you pay in 71 days. Is there something that we're doing incorrectly with our invoices? Or does your company just typically pay in 71 days? And I've done a lot of collection work. Getting paid early is not about calling them more frequently. It's about when you call them, they find your bill. And when you hang up the phone, they put your bill on top. And so Cut that 70 days to 60, and then try to cut it from 60 to 50. And just take your average DSO from, let's say, 44 down to 38. And now you have six days more of cash. And keep that up. And that's probably the most effective way to improve cash flow, is get paid sooner and with your expenses, Find vendors that are competitively priced and who might allow you to pay them in 36 days rather than 30. And then you get six more days and now you have 12 extra days of cash. And so, you know, if you're doing a million dollars a year in revenue or 500,000, that's an easier number. That's $10,000 a week. Well, if you get 12 extra days, you just came up with $22,000 in cash that you didn't have before. Most organizations aren't flush with an excessive amount of cash. It doesn't matter if you're a startup. Most companies, cash is tight. 
right? And they have tight budgets. And you're forced to make the decision of, well, if I buy a hundred of these, the price goes down to $5. But if I buy 50 of these, the price is $6.50. And that's a tough one to stomach is that you're paying an extra, you know, 30 or 40% for an item, and those things add up. The bottom line is, sometimes you have to sacrifice a volume discount because you don't have the cash. And again, that, that's why you might want to call up the vendor and say, I see your price for 100 is $4, and you know, your price for 50 is $6. I want to buy 100, but can you ship me 50 this month and 50 60 days from now. And they might turn around and say, we can, but there's gonna be an extra handling fee, but your price will be $5. Now you just saved a dollar, and a dollar over six is you know, 16%. And if you did that on all of your expenses, now I don't think you're gonna get away with that with the electricity company or the insurance bill, but you know, on the components you buy, information, is power and if you provide your suppliers with more information and more guarantee of future revenue and you give them a forecast they typically will give you the price break they might not give it all to you because they're incurring an additional expense to maybe ship you twice or four times a year rather than one lump sum but you have to sacrifice some of the profitability for that cash flow because you, know, you don't have that cash in the bank. I have been involved in all types of businesses, businesses that are starting up and businesses that are shutting down and businesses that have been operating for 10 years, but they're going through a tough time. Businesses that have been operating for 10 years and they're just starting to grow again because they've gotten a new contract. Most of the things that I've done to improve cash flow in a business. If we need capital, most of the common ways that I've gone to the market to raise capital is by selling equity positions in a company, finding a partner. If I need cash and I'm going to grow and I don't want to borrow money, um, which is obviously another way of is taking a loan, or I've sold assets of businesses. I've had needed a certain piece of equipment or certain tools and using them less frequently and crunched the numbers and said, oh, I could sell that vehicle because I only use it twice a year and I can rent it rather than pay the insurance and pay the registration. So I think classic ways to improve cash flow are to sell assets and raise money from partners or borrow money. I've also acquired certain customers to prepay. That's a tricky situation because you're taking the money and you have a future liability. So it's not like you're paying the bill and receiving the money at the same time. And on the expense side, I've obviously called up people and negotiated costs of items and I've trade services. Uh, I'll come and do this for you if you can come and fix my electric or my plumbing. and getting rid of both margins on both sides, but revenue is revenue and, and saving costs are saving costs. On an orthodox side, I've taken very drastic measures. I've gone into businesses that were losing 100000 a week. And when I say unorthodox, I mean that most people wouldn't do what I have to do. 
because most people aren't placed in the situations I'm placed in. However, I don't mean unsavory. I will call up every one of our vendors and say, I'm not paying you. And that's not because I don't want to pay you. It's because I can't afford to pay you. And in fact, I have no plans to pay you. Because if I pay everyone, I go out of business and I can't pay everyone. So I can do one of two things. I can pay you 30 cents on the dollar and you will write off 70%. Or I will tell you it will never get any worse than now. And if you help me stay in business, there's a chance that you will get 100% paid back on what I owe you. And from this point forward, I will prepay for every service or good I request from you, but I ask you to place a hold on everything I currently owe you. Now, imagine doing that with the bank on your mortgage, or imagine calling up your insurance agent. Now, there's certain companies that, that are very difficult to do that with, but I have done it with landlords, and I have done it with insurance companies. It's not an easy conversation, but you know what is refreshing? The honesty. Because typically in the companies, and my consulting work is, you know, in this arena is often termed restructuring work because the company is going through a difficult time. The vendors that I'm contacting have already been experiencing some difficulty in being paid. And they might call up and say, do you know you owe us this? And the customer will say, yes, I, I'll get that out to you as soon as I can. Or next week, or the check's in the mail. No, no one says that anymore. Or they just dodge the call. It's quite different when you call someone up and you say, Mr. Jones, I recognize that I owe you $55,000 and I have no way to pay you. I typically buy $200,000 a year from you, so I owe you three months worth of work. I promise if you keep on providing your $4,000 of services weekly, I will pay you every week in advance for the next week. And if you help me through this, I will promise to pay you as quickly as I can on this $55,000. But right now, I have no idea when I can pay you. And the only thing I can tell you is if you don't provide this service, I'm going to have to find someone else to provide this service. And then they are my most important vendor for this service or good. And that is, that's not a nice thing to say to someone. Do this or else. But that's unorthodox. And, and those are unorthodox situations that, that are happening today. Maybe it's happened to you. Someone's called you and said, I can't pay you. And all you really want for them is the honesty of, okay, I wish the news was better, but sometimes it's not better. So you're in business to make money. And this is why a good financial analyst, when they help you look at your business and your, your business practices, there's probably more money and more profits sitting in your day-to-day -day operations than you realize you just have to do things slightly differently. You know, you have to communicate, you have to understand, 
and you have to make some slight changes to the way you operate. Many thanks to Michael Mongello for explaining how he's improved cash flow for the businesses he's been associated with. You can contact Michael at 11arrowsconsulting at gmail.com. That's 11 spelled out. Thanks to Sir Cubworth for music, our theme is by Orchestral Movement of 1932. Small Business as Usual is presented by the Community Economic Development Fund, a nonprofit organization which provides enterprises in Connecticut with term loans, lines of credit, and commercial mortgages when they can't get traditional bank financing. For the seventh year in a row, we are Connecticut's top SBA microlender. We make business term loans at very nominal interest rates, as small as a few thousand dollars, and larger business loans too, from a pool of loan capital provided by many of the state's leading banks. There are geographic and or income qualification requirements for the borrowers. You can find out more about all of this at CEDF.com. And this episode of Small Business as Usual is available there. It's number 19-8. So, Michael, what do you tell a customer when they bounce a check on you? Ooh, I want that $20 bank fee. <laughs>